Man, it's great to be here with you this morning. And uh, second week online, here we go, right? And uh, it's amazing what God has in store. We never quite know what tomorrow is bringing. And so we just trust him. We're faithful to him. We lean on him as we walk each moment by moment. Ready? Here's your uptake. And all of God's people said... Right? It's a great moment to be able to say amen. May we just continue to say amen throughout. You probably just missed that uptake. So ready? And all of God's people said, amen, man. And you can be saying that out loud, typing that out, whatever you want to be doing. Great to be joining with you in this second week online. Can you believe it? Second week. Quite frankly, I'm going to be honest. Feels like the second year. It's been amazingly long in the grind as we've been trying to work things out. And we were just talking this past week, man. Like last Friday morning, we were going to be doing a baptism service to some 30-some people. We had it all set. We were ready to rock. We were going. We started hearing word that maybe things were going to change and we better be aware of that. We were hearing a little bit from... Uh, some of the offices and government around here pressing a little bit for us to get ready to change some things. And by noon, we were hearing schools were going to be shutting down. Everything was different. Time to change. So as of Friday, we ended up saying, that's it. We're locking down. We had some plans in place. Let's do this thing called online. And we began to spend Friday and Saturday putting it all in place. Praise God for how that launched. I'm not going to lie to you. We got to uh, Sunday morning at about 850 And uh, we're sitting there, four of us, we had Pastor Mike and Pastor Steve and Greg and myself, and we were sitting there getting ready to kind of be the hosts for the nine o'clock as it was getting ready to launch. It's 8.50 and 30 seconds, and then it goes 29, 28. We were going to launch it at 8.51. That way you'd have a little bit of headroom on being able to see that, okay, I'm locked into something that's actually live and working, right? So 8.51's the go. It's going 29, 28. And I like lean forward. I could feel my heart starting to beat faster. And I said to the guys, all right, dude, I am nervous. Like I can feel my heart about ready to break out of my chest. Can you imagine what the guys getting ready to fly to the moon thought on that first rocket shot? And we all started laughing together as we were like 28, 27. You imagine being one of those launched astronauts where they look to the other guy and they're like, Dude, I don't know about you, but I feel a little nervous. How about you? Right, this moment where you're getting ready to take it off. Let's see what God has in store. And praise God, everything went as planned and the software worked perfectly and all our worship and production teams and all the hard work came together and uh, everything launched so well. You know, last week we had over 800 connections uh, throughout the day. We had over 2,000 people viewing. Praise God for that. Love you guys. Listen, when we can't rally together personally, physically to be able to worship, then let's at least take advantage of what we have in technology. Let's rally online. May God get all the glory. Ready? Here's your uptake. And all of God's people said, amen, man, amen. May God truly be celebrated. So here's the deal. We're actually going to pick up right where we had left off in the book of James because God actually knows what's going on well in advance. And the reality is while we set the preaching calendar last summer and we had no clue anything like this was coming, God did. And so what we're going to be jumping in here today with the end of James chapter 4 going 11 to 17, a lot of it applies to exactly where we're at. You know, as of this moment, we are now in a lockdown in Illinois. 
There are three states nationally who have decided to do it, Illinois being one of those. And so as of five o'clock last night, Saturday night, we were put into a sort of a lockdown moment. That means lots of family together for long periods of time, right? And so a little bit of what we're going to be able to go through today is going to be giving us some thoughts about how we handle uncertain times, how we handle days and days and days of it not being exactly what we wanted and some wondering and some fearing along the way. Quite frankly, how do we walk through what could become prideful times where we get a little bit self-explosive, we start pushing our way and Lord, how do we work together in these trying times, all right? That's where we're headed. So here we go. Turn with me, if you will, to James chapter 4, starting in verse 11. James chapter 4, starting in verse 11. And uh, our first step in trying to avoid the pothole of prideful living and in these trying times, first step, let's not judge. Let's not judge. It's a call for all of us. Let's make sure we don't get too hard on each other in these moments of struggle. Here we go. Let's not judge. He starts in verse 11. He says, Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. Let's just hold there. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. Don't speak evil against. Literally, it means uh, don't slander. Don't backbite. Don't use your tongue to hurt someone. Maybe it's to their face. Maybe it's behind their back. Be careful of what you're using your tongue to say and do. Man, in these moments where things get a little trying, where we get a little unsettled, it gets so easy to allow ourselves to just well up and spill out. May we be careful what we do with our mouths. Families, as we begin to rally into homes, locked down for weeks on end, may we watch how we work with one another. May we not judge in the midst of it. May God get all the glory. He says, do not speak evil against one another, brothers. Ready? And when he says brothers, that means saved. Everybody say saved. Right? He's talking to the church, saved ones. He's talking about all that they have as a hope. And man, the church should not be a place of attack. May we celebrate and stand with each other in the midst. He says, do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother, the one who ends up using his mouth to slam down, the one who judges and speaks against where he's taking it on. He's saying, I'm thinking in my own head and I'm reasoning about the circumstances you're in and I think I'd have done that differently. That's what judging is. I think there was something wrong with that. And I think that you really should think that through differently. In fact, I may even think it's sin the way you did that. I'm going to speak against that. I'm going to stand against that. Judging. It's when we decide or we evaluate in our own minds that somebody else's heart's in the wrong spot. And may we not be there. As we begin to rally together, may we bring a calmness to the room. May we see that our God is in charge. May we hang on. May we not bite down. He says, the one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. Speaks evil against the law and judges the law. You might be like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm speaking evil against him. Now I think that was dumb. 
okay? And I want to speak evil against that. I have a few things to say about that. I'm speaking against that guy. Yeah, I'm speaking evil. But against the law, what do you mean? I'm not speaking evil against the law. How? How am I speaking evil against the law? Well, the bottom line, what he's really trying to get at here is he's saying, you need to know that the law actually speaks about speaking evil against somebody. And so really, we have to be really careful when we're going after using the law to say, hey, you shouldn't have done that. Can you believe that guy? What was he thinking? By slandering and backbiting, by speaking evil against, by judging, we're actually violating a couple of Old Testament laws and New Testament. Leviticus 19, verses 16 through 18. I'll just give a couple of summary moments out of these verses. It says, uh, do not slander, uh, do not hate or bear grudge against one another. Love your neighbor. Just a couple of moments to pull out of those passages. Think of that. Don't slander, don't hate, don't grudge. Love. And those are great rules to start with in this tough season of struggle. In Matthew 22, verse 39, here's a New Testament moment. Christ says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself from six feet away, right? Make sure you got a little bit of that social distance going on in this love as we respect and we take those steps together. And he says, let's be careful not to speak evil against and judge because all we're doing is we're bringing the law down on us. We're speaking evil of the law. The reality is the law says, don't judge, don't backbite. Really, we're ending up sitting there saying, no, you don't understand. I get to say those things. I'm going to look at those, you know, the don't speak against part. I'm dismissing that. But this other thing that I'm busting that guy for, now that matters. He's like, be careful. Don't get yourself in a position where you're starting to dismiss some parts of the law, but not other parts. Don't try to be following only the things you think others should follow, but you're not watching yourself. He says, if any of you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. That's what he's talking about. You're literally looking at the word and you're saying, that part for me does not apply. Like you're a judge, like you have the right to say, does not apply. He's like, just be a doer. He's going back to that same word that he used in James chapter one. Let's not just be hearers of the word. Let's be doers also. Notice it does not say, let's not be hearers of the word. Let's be judges also. It doesn't say, everybody say, it doesn't say that. Right, say it out loud, say it big. doesn't say that. Right, it doesn't say that. It says, let's not be hearers. Let's be doers it's like, be careful when we stand in position against the law and we say, I'm just going to ignore that part for me, but I'm going to make sure those other parts are followed. We're just standing as judge. He says, let's not do that. Let's be doers instead. He said, there is only one lawgiver and one judge. There's one lawgiver and one judge. How many? One. There is one lawgiver. What's he talking about? He's saying there is one God who sits over everything the God of the universe, and he's in charge, sovereignly in charge. He is ruling over this universe. He knows exactly what's coming. He knew exactly that we were going to be facing the COVID virus and all that was going on with it. He knows everything that is going to come in the next days and weeks and months and years. We have one lawgiver and one judge, and he knows everything. And all of God's people said, amen, man, don't miss it. We have a God we can worship. We have a God we can celebrate and he's in charge. And praise God, we're not the lawgivers and we're not the judges. 
And sometimes our perspective may be on and sometimes it may be off, but God's is never off. And all of God's people said, and don't miss it. We have a God who knows what's going on. He's sovereign in it. May we follow through with him and not jump on other people in the midst. He says, he who is able to save and destroy. That's the one lawgiver. That's the one judge. The one who can save. That when we believe Jesus is risen from the dead, when we confess him as Lord, that's saved. God rushing in, Holy Spirit taking up residence, life stamped and sealed by the presence of the Spirit. And for all eternity, we have the hope, I am saved. And have you believed that Jesus is risen? Have you confessed him as your Lord? You're in charge, God, take over. Dude, that's saved. There is one God who saves. Jesus Christ, come down to this earth, God present with us. He is our hope. Man, lean on him, let him save in the midst. He does more than just save. It says he also destroys. He's actually in charge as being judge over all the universe. And eventually we all will take a stand before him. And hear me on this. It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. None of us in our good works, not one. Everybody say not one. Not one of us in our good works can stand before God and say, I think I've earned eternal life. Really, I think I'm in a good spot. Bring it. Like, we're not in a good spot with that. Not one of us earns eternal life. We all need a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. May we stand before him and cry out these words. You are my Savior. You are my King. You are my hope. I need you in my life. And without you, I am not saved. Lord God, you are my king. I believe you are risen and I'm putting you in charge in my life. That's our hope of salvation. We stand before the one lawgiver. We stand before the one judge and we cry out that we are letting him be in charge of our lives because he has the right to save and he has the right to destroy. And we lean on him in the midst. May God get all the glory. It says, he who is able to save and destroy, that's our hope. It says, but who are you then to judge your neighbor? May we bring the judgment down. May we allow our hearts to rest in him. Hang on, man. Because when the fears start rising up, when the struggles start welling up, we start leaning in and start asking and pressing and controlling and manipulating. And remember this, when fear is high, so is control. High fear, high control. May we step into these next weeks and months saying, Lord God, we are leaning on you. We are not becoming judge. We are trusting you, the one who is judge. May you get all the glory. All right. That said, so this past week, um, we actually got the news that they were shutting down restaurants. Doesn't that seem like forever ago? That they were shutting down restaurants, and uh, now we're in lockdown, but they were shutting down restaurants back at the beginning of the week. And so Monday, we kind of had our last moment, our last hurrah to be able to get out to a restaurant and get something to eat. We actually ran over to Portillo's, of course, and uh, we stopped into Portillo's. There was actually me, my wife, uh, my daughter Alyssa, and Grant, 
And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about wedding planning and stuff coming up here because they've got a wedding that's near term and some questions that we have to figure out there. And so we were talking about a little of that. Bottom line, not one person in line at Portillo's, completely blanked. When we came in, they asked us to go over and wash our hands first before we came into the restaurant, which we were fine with. Went in and washed our hands. They were washing down and wiping down every chair and every table. I was talking to a couple of the different workers. I wanted to hear their thoughts on things. I'm like, hey, so how are you doing? What are they saying about you? Are you going to be having, are your hours okay? Are, are you doing okay? Like, how's it going? And uh, most of the people were pretty upbeat. One person did say to me, got to tell you, not sure I'm a real fan of this whole, you know, drive through. Like, if it's really dangerous out there, why am I standing in here talking to you every day? Why am I going to serve you and give you a hot dog and then I get sick from you? I don't think I'm standing with this. Really? Bottom line, this is what she was saying. I'm not good with my boss's decision. I'm not even sure I'm good with drive through Just so you know, I'm kind of good with drive through Just so you know. Nice to have a hot dog here or there, right? It's great. But the reality is, I understand what she's saying, sort of. And then the first thing she did is go, bite. I'm against what that boss said. And I'm not sure I'm good with what's going on over here. And I'm not sure I'm good with, and I totally understand where her fears are in welling up. Isn't that exactly what we do? The first moment we get a little nervousness, we start biting on those who are leading, biting on those next to us, and we start judging and critiquing along the way. And just be careful. Be careful that in this season, we don't let our welling up spill out and bite. May we be able to say, Lord God, in the midst of the COVID virus coming in, in the midst of the shutdown of restaurants or shopping, in the midst of a lockdown with all the questions going on, Lord God, may I be praying for the leadership at hand. May I be longing for you to get your way. May you get all the glory. Let's not judge, right? That's the first step. Second, Let's not boast. Let's not boast. And uh, remember I said that we actually set this series up like way back last summer. And uh, here we go. Listen to what God has to say to us as we walk through James chapter 4 now. He says, come now. Just so you know, that's a little bit of a moment where James is going to use here and again in chapter 5. He says, come now. He's not saying physically stand up and move with me. He's saying, let your mind drift to this place with me. Think of this with me. He says, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Listen to that passage. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, here's what's going to happen. I've got this all in hand. I know what's going on. Here's my plans. Here's how it's all going to work out. He's like, be careful, man. Be careful in saying, I have this all in hand. I make the plans. I set my own expectations. I manage and control. I've got this. God alone has this. And all of God's people said. And man, in the midst of this moment, as you're beginning to look forward, right? How many plans have we made in the past weeks or months looking forward into this time frame that don't even come close to being real? May we grasp that God does know and we're taking at best a good shot at it. 
He's like, come now, be careful. Those who say today or tomorrow I will go into such a city and buy and sell and get gain, as the King James says. That I'm just going to run in and it's going to all work out this way. Be careful. The Dow might fall 33% in one week. Right? Be careful. My employment might shut down. I might have job losses or at least temporary job losses that take place. May we not plan so strongly that we're actually controlling and setting expectations that devastate us. Now, please hear me on the other side of this. He's not saying, hey, for those of you who are planning, don't plan at all, right? The non-planners just said, I knew I wasn't supposed to plan. It's not that. That's not what he's saying. He gives us an example of what we are supposed to do in just a little bit. But he's like, be careful, those of you who say, hey, I'm just going to go and do this stuff. He says, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. And you know, there's times where we read that verse. You do not know what tomorrow will bring. And we're like, well, that's true. And now, in these moments, I mean right now, they say, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. And we're like, that is so true. Like I'm telling you, I can't even keep up right now with which bands are in place and which ones aren't. And as soon as I send a mass email to the church, it's null and void. And I got to start looking to send another one, right? We're trying to keep updating with what's happening. We have no idea what tomorrow is going to bring. And right now we have a band that's in place through April 7th. And that's where we are. May we hold loosely. May we trust our God. May we walk with him. And may we watch him do an amazing work in this very broken world. I'll say it once again, in this very broken world. And all of God's people said, man, we have a God who has it in hand. We do not know what brings. He says, what is your life? He says, for you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. James, um, maybe not the gift of gentleness, right? He just sort of says it the way it is. He's like, dude, at best, you're a mist. You appear for a little time and then you vanish away. He uses the exact same word here, this mist concept. It's the exact same thing that's used in Ecclesiastes when it says vanity, vanity, all is vanity. That word vanity there in the Hebrew, that word actually just means mist, like a breath on a cold day when you walk outside and you blow and you go, and the breath goes out and then just dissipates like a mist, like a breath on a cold day that just comes out and dissipates away. It's there for a little while and then gone. And maybe we get 90, 95 years, 100 years of life for us, right? Some are like, praise God for that. Others are like, dude, I don't want, I don't want that 95 years. Make my mist a little shorter, right? Whatever. And like the bottom line is we have this moment where we're wrestling with life in this broken world and we better realize Yeah, even the 90, 95 year domain, when we put that in the perspective of eternity, like a breath that just goes away. Know this, our days are short. May we not use our fears to somehow clamp down and start controlling, right? That's another word for planning, by the way, so be careful. If you're like, I plan in order to control, we have a problem. 
If we're like, I'm planning to be wise and care for the future and we just got to be cautious and hold loosely, now we're getting into a biblical planning. And so how do we actually know the difference? Well, he gives us a little bit of an example right here. He says, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. If the Lord wills. You heard Pastor Mike say that when he was actually given the announcements. If the Lord wills, we've got some events coming up. If the Lord will, everybody just say it out loud. If the Lord wills, say it out loud, say it bigger. If the Lord wills, man, make sure you're writing that in that chat box. If the Lord wills, don't miss that moment. If there was a few words that mattered probably the most in this whole passage, if the Lord wills. I'm putting my life in God's hands. I'm trusting him in this moment. And if the Lord wills, he's got it in hand. I will not let my fears rise up. Lord God, I'm going to get on my knees. I am handing to you the well-being of my family. I am handing to you the uncertainty of my job. I am giving to you the uncertainty of my pay. Lord, I'm handing to you some of the uncertainty of even relationally and socially connecting over the next weeks. Lord, I'm giving it to you and I'm holding it open. And I'm just saying, if the Lord wills, we would love to do this or that. And how do we handle these upcoming weeks? If the Lord wills. It's not wrong to have a very specific prayer. It's not wrong to bring that prayer and that thought. It's not wrong to say, God, we would love to see this happen. But Lord, I'm putting it in your hands first and foremost. If your will is that that happens, then praise God, so be it. If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. It says, as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. He's like, instead of saying, as the, if the Lord wills, I'm getting down on my knees, God, I'm handing this to you. Instead of saying that, you're like, I will make this happen. There's probably nothing more biting and real to making it clear that we can't manage or control tomorrow than something like a mass virus taking over and the government shutting down and demanding and commanding that we stay in homes and all the rest that comes with it. Man, may we grasp this. Our God is sovereign. He loves you with all he's got. He's got it in hand. Every single thing you're concerned about, every worry you have every moment, on our knees now, hands up in the air, holding it out. If the Lord wills, we're giving this to you, God, and we're trusting you. Lord, may this not be a move of arrogance, no boasting. May this not be fear welling up and I just start biting, right? No backbiting, no judging, no boasting. May you get all the glory. It's an amazing privilege we have to trust in our God. So this past week, as we had the restaurant shut down, we then heard potential Maybe that downstream, there could be, maybe, a lockdown per state. 
And so we started talking about what that meant. We met together uh, as an XLT, as worship team. We were bringing different concepts of this up. We actually, by Thursday, the worship and production team, we sat together for a little bit, then worship and production went on and tried to manage the rest of it. Like, what would we do if? So here's our thoughts on how we could continue to get this out on Sundays every week. How are we going to record? How is that going to go down based on whatever the rules and policies are? And I'm just telling you this. There will always be an online send and a message at 9, 11, and 4.30 as long as we can handle it. And I'm telling you, our goal is to make sure that happens. So just so you know, see you at 9, 11, or 4.30 every single Sunday online until there is absolutely no way possible. And I do not believe that's going to happen. We're going to get away technologically always to make that happen. Ready? if the Lord wills. And we are going after that with all we got. That said, we had the plan where we were sitting there and we're like, we got it. We know what we're going to do. Here's a few things. We'll do some multiple recordings. And, and then the next day, rumors started ripping all over the place and texts started coming into me and heads up and there's going to be an announcement at three o'clock. You're going to want to hear Governor Pritzker. He's got some things to say. And it looks like we're in a shutdown starting soon, soon, like today or tomorrow. And the announcement came out that Saturday at five o'clock, it all goes into lockdown. And, uh, and I'm just telling you, every plan has to be held loosely. As we get on our knees before our God and we say, you are sovereign. You have it in hand. Lord, you alone know what's going on. I'm leaning on you and I'm trusting in you. Whatever it is that are your struggles, man, are you ready to say, Lord God, I'm giving it to you. I'll do what I can in planning, but I'm handing this over to the will of the Lord. My job, my financial security elements, maybe relationship stuff, whatever's going on, health, concerns, Lord God, I'm handing this to you. May I wisely manage this in the moment and watch you do all the work. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. This world is his. And all of God's people said, may we come to him and trust in him in the moment. Simple question. So how are you doing? It's saying if the Lord wills holding loosely to plans and recognizing that God's timing is everything. May we trust in him. May God get all the glory. Number three. Let's do what we know is right. Let's do what we know is right. He said, hey, let's not judge. Let's not boast. Now he's like, positive side. Let's do what we know is is right. He jumps in in verse 17. He says, so whatever, whatever, this is a huge deal, man. May we grasp in all of our shortcomings, in all of our misunderstandings, that as we read scripture, whenever and whatever guides us, may we listen to and follow through with it. So, so whoever knows the right things to do, does not do them. To him it is sin. 
If we know the right thing to do and we don't do it, well, that's sin. That's actually called the sin of omission. James chapter four is the position for that, the sin of omissions. I knew to do something right, but I didn't do it. And maybe there's things in this downtime that we need to be aware of and going after. Lord, may we properly care for all those hurting. Lord, may we lift every prayer request up to you. Lord, may we get to the needy in whatever way is legally allowed. May we care like never before. Lord, give us wisdom. Whatever it is, maybe just in relationship and how you use your tone and your words and how you communicate, may we be cautious that we do what we know is right to do. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. And uh, Just so you know, it starts out with the word so. There. It actually starts out in the Greek with the same word that you could translate as the word therefore. So, just say it with me, ready? When we see a therefore, we say, what's the therefore, therefore, right? What's the therefore, therefore? That's this word so, it's a connecting word. In fact, it's looking back over just the last few verses, but it's probably actually looking back over all four chapters as well. It's looking at back over and saying, hey, let's, let's not judge and let's, let's not boast, like definitely that. Let's not claim that we plan and we control the world, not that. But more than that, all of James being brought into understanding. Looking all the way back to chapter 1. May we consider it all joy when you fall into various trials. Let those words settle now. In the midst of what we're going through. May we consider it all joy when we face various trials. Why? Because those trials help build our patience. May we learn to stand up under with our God and worship him. Patience, a remaining under no matter what. May we count it all joy. For those who know to do good and do not do it, to them it is sin. Lord, may I count it joy. I think all of us would love to have a pen and we scratch that out and we're like, count it all an annoyance when you fall into various trials, right? Count it all a serious pain when you hear a command come down for the entire state, but we're not near Chicago and it doesn't seem to be affecting us the same way, right? That's the way we translate through. But actually count it all joy. Joy is not a celebration of the circumstance. Joy is a celebration of your Savior. It is a satisfaction despite the circumstances. May we not become circumstance dependent. Men, please hear me as you're listening online right now. May we not become circumstance dependent. We are dependent on our God alone. And all of God's people said, may we not lose that. May we not lose that. Chapter one, it starts out with, count it all joy. Then it says, ask for wisdom. And if you're not sure which way is up and you don't know which way to go, and what do we do next? Pray and ask for wisdom. God gives to all who come to him asking. And then he says, do what you see in God's word. Make sure you're a doer of the word, not just a hearer only at the end of chapter one. Don't be aware of God's word, but ignore it in your actions. James chapter two, no partiality. Don't look at the one who's rich with the gold ring and fine apparel and set them up in a great spot 
and the other guy down at your feet. Not that. No partiality. No separate treatment of the one with money. Then in the rest of two, make sure that we have a faith that has follow through. A faith without works is dead. Real faith is not just mental assent. It actually affects the heart and the soul and it leads out to the hands at work. May our faith be on fire in this season and time. May God get all of the glory. May we watch our lips. James 3, let's be careful with our tongues. Man, please hear me. As our families come together, as you begin to rally into a moment where you for the next two to three weeks are watching and waiting and you're unsure of which way is up and what's coming next, please be careful of your tongue. Our words and our tone can so hurt. We have to be so careful, each of us, me included, with our families so that we don't hurt one another. May we all begin to be careful with our mouth in this season. And then he says, make sure also, end of three, seek wisdom from above. Go after the wisdom that comes from God. It's good, it's pure, it's perfect. And uh, James 4 in the early part, no selfishness, right? That's what brings the warring and the battling. When we sit down to talk with one another and we're like, I don't care what you want, this is what I want. That's an epic fail plan in the communication. May we sit down together and be able to say, where are you at? Here's where I'm at. Let's see if we can bring something together that'll make sense. No selfishness in the battling. May God get all the glory, right? And then it says in James 4, 7 and 8, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Submit yourself. Worship your God with all you've got. Resist the devil. I'm not listening to your lies and I'm not listening to your whispers. Here's the truth from God's word. It is written, right? The power in that stand is first your worship is on fire. Then you take the stand of it is written against Satan. Please do not try to take a spiritual stand against Satan without your worship being on fire. Get time alone with your God. Worship him with all you have. Getting in the word, getting on your knees. In this season where maybe you have more downtime, don't let this become a time where you drift away from God. May you lean in with all you've got. Ready? And all of God's people said, amen, man, amen. This is our hope from James 4, 11 through 17. May we not judge. There is one judge. He's in charge and he knows what's going on. And may we also come alongside, not boasting, but grasping exactly what's happening, saying, if the Lord wills, I'm trusting you. I'm prayerfully laying this in your hands, God. Whatever you say, if the Lord wills, I will not cling to that and make it happen. I'm going to let you lead on that. If the Lord wills, no boasting and arrogance in my decision-making coming up. And then lastly, Lord, may I step out and do what's right. All the way from inside my heart, all the way out to my hands. May you get all the glory. May our families be on fire for Jesus Christ in this down season. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Let's pray.